Hi Venters, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Decks. This is a Vent music podcast series hosted by me, Freddie Cocker, and presented to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas, and start conversations. In each episode of Behind the Decks, I check in with DJs and producers from the UK and beyond. We talk all about their musical journeys, their artistry, and most importantly, the person behind the decks. My special guest for this episode of Behind the Decks is another Norwegian artist after I had the brilliant Severin on Behind the Mic and whom helped me connect me with this guest. Frosty is an R&B producer who's just put out his amazing sophomore EP Started Over in October 2023 and in this episode we discuss his music journey in Norway from picking up the drums when he was three years old, the guitar at six or seven and starting to produce his own beats when he was 17. He then went to production school in Oslo, the capital of Norway, where he connected with a lot of his peers and began learning off them before carving out his own path as a professional producer in 2022. For industry issues, we discuss work-life balance and maintaining a 9-to-5 whilst pursuing music and trying to make a success of it. For Philip's mental health, we discuss his early exposure to mental illness when he was 15 years old and how that impacted him and some reckless choices, shall we say, he made after spiralling because of this exposure. He then changed his perspective on life, focused on what he wanted to achieve with it, set himself goals and made a successful recovery with his mental health. So get yourself comfy and have a listen as I go behind the decks with Frosty. Philip, welcome to Behind the Decks, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and letting me check in with you. I love having Norwegian artists on the pod. I always say outside of the UK, Norway and Australia are the two best countries in the world for music right now. And after Severin shared your brilliant sophomore EP, I knew I had to get you on. And here we are. So how are you, mate? I'm good, man. And thank you for having me. I appreciate Excellent. it. I'm really pleased to give your music a platform, mate, and the potential you have for the future is is so big and I'm really looking forward to seeing what else you put out soon. So without further delay, are you ready to start the show? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's start behind the decks as we always do by talking about your music journey first, Philip. So tell me first how your love affair with music began. What were some of your favorite records or artists you listened to growing up any inspirations and then how you first got into producing and playing instruments yes so um i was brought up in a really musical household so both my parents play musical instruments and sing and also most of my relatives as well so it became very natural to me to pick up an instrument so i started playing drums when i was like two, three years old. And from there, I just went on and I got my first guitar when I was uh, six, started playing that. And then in my upbringing, it was a lot of gospel music, a lot mm. of soul music, R&B, like Luther Vandross, Kirk Franklin, C.C. Winans, all of that. So um, I feel like that type of music had a special place in my heart for sure. Later on, I started 
experimenting with singing a little bit when I was like 17, 18 maybe. And then when I started singing, I wanted to make my own music, but I wasn't quite picking up the producing yet. So I was downloading yep. downloading uh, beats from YouTube, just putting my own top lines on it. And then when I really developed an interest for that, I decided I wanted to go deeper into production and songwriting and all that. So I applied for a university in Oslo where I went and got a bachelor's degree in uh, music production and uh, songwriting. And then when I was there, I got to meet a lot of talented people, got to do uh, studio sessions with a lot of incredible producers and songwriters. And then I started really paying attention to what they were doing, started to try and pick up everything from sound uh, selection, and how they built the whole track and then slowly got into it myself so uh, i think it was maybe last year one and a half year ago that i really seriously started producing myself and then this year i uh, dropped my um, first song that i produced myself so uh, it's been a journey man and before we talk about your work in depth, mate, what was it about R&B and hip hop that appealed to you as an early producer? I know you had a lot of influences with gospel and that early sound, but what was it about those genres that you wanted to try and maybe not imitate, but create in your own way versus other genres you could have gone down like house or garage or disco or techno? Yeah, I would say, honestly, I've been influenced by a lot of genres. I've been through... When I started playing guitar, I was really into rock and metal music and everything. But I think R&B is special to me because the harmonies and like the runs and the melodies and all that, it really speaks to me. Later on, I developed a special interest for chords and chord progressions. And uh, I feel like uh, the chords, yeah, just everything about the vibe of it, I think it just speaks to me. Let's talk about your work as Frosty, the producer and DJ, or hopefully DJ in the future, maybe. So where did the inspiration for the name come from? And how would you describe your sound for the listeners who haven't heard of you? Okay, so the name, it was a couple of years ago. I was trying to get a new start because I've already released some music under my government name. But then I felt like that wasn't really the path I wanted to go down. So once I made that song for the new pseudonym, if you want. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was going to call myself, but I knew I wanted to release that track ASAP. So uh, I don't know, it just came to me and I felt like, yeah, it ain't too bad, it ain't too good either, either. <laughs> but I just went with it. And then later on, I, I've gotten that question a lot. And then I feel like maybe it was a funny, funny name as well because I feel like as a white, small town Norwegian doing R&B and all those runs and yeah. Like Young Lean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a slang term in the UK where if something's like really good, we used to say sick, but now for production wise and like beats, I'm all say, oh, that's cold. Did that come into it? Because the fact that yeah, you're called Frosty. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when I started producing, I uh, used to list beats on BeatStars, start of it. And then my name was Cold Ass Beats. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. 
when it comes to your sound, mate, you take a lot of influences from sort of mid-noughties, I would say late noughties, US R&B. And I said to you off air that the opening track to Started Over really sounds like an early Chris Brown record, to be honest. How much does that inspire you? How do you take inspiration from other scenes and carve out your own uniquely Norwegian path too? Firstly, I really appreciate that. I would say uh, Chris Brown is maybe one of my biggest influences of all time. So I've been really going deep into that sound and trying to listen to both him and other R&B artists like Say France, Usher, yeah, all of that. And then I feel like my influence from Norwegian music as well has a say in the type of sound I've developed over the years. But although I feel like it's more American, Because everybody says that to me, this is so un-Norwegian. But yeah, I feel like it's all about the influences and what I've listened to and what I like feel. It's mostly based on feeling, I think. I'm really weird in that way too because the beats and the melodies and all the chord structures and everything, it, it gotta speak to me. If it doesn't, I can't really write to it. The Norwegian R&B and hip-hop scene is in a, a really fantastic place at the moment, mate. You've got producers like yourself, Stig Brenner, artists in the scene like our mutual friend Severin, you know, long-time artists like Arif, Unger Ferrari, Philip Emilio, Issa, Nat Nell, you know, Tom Floyd. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And there's loads of other artists that people should go and listen to. Where do you see yourself in that scene? And what artists would you potentially like to work with in the future when it comes to Norway? Oh, that's a good question. I really see myself of somewhat of a outsider in that way that I'm really trying to focus my music out of Norway. With that said, I love Arif and Steve Renner and and I would really love to work with a producer called Benji Boy and Philip Colsetta is a really dope one. I don't know man, just keep on expanding my, uh, my circle and uh, collaborate partners. I feel like it's a lot of undiscovered talent out there too. So yeah, I can't wait to see what comes to the surface of over the next years. When I spoke to Sev, mate, he spoke about a shyness that he had to overcome in order to develop his stage persona and his artistry. And we both joke that Norway is a, a nation of introverts, basically. You haven't done like live DJ sets yet, but you're obviously still a producer. Is that something that you share or have had to overcome in that sense too? Absolutely. I'm crazy introverted, to be honest. But I feel like when I get in the studio and we like get in the vibe vibe, it just comes so natural that I completely forget it. It's just on a flow. Like, I can't describe it, but it's, it's like the music helps to like get it along, you know? Do you think going deeper, it's one reason why perhaps it's taken as long as it has for the Norway scene to develop this group of artists, this tranche of artists across R&B, pop, hip-hop, trap, drill, because the country's character does not naturally produce extroverts. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the years, we've gotten more and more influenced by both UK and US artists and movies and all that. And I think that's influenced our behavior as well, at least the young people. So we have this Norwegian social law type that's called Janteloven. I feel like the younger people 
are less interested they are to follow that rule they try to just uh, rebel against it a bit yeah more. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so and but i think that's a good thing i think people mm. should be able to like be a little louder with their personalities yeah just do what they want as long as it's good <laughs> Well, as a very loud person, mate, I'm always going to advocate for that and more people being loud. <laughs> Within reason, obviously. <laughs> it's needed. I always ask this question on Behind the Decks, Phil, to expose the myths and show the realities of being a producer or DJ in the scene and the industry and that the superstar DJ life is only really applicable to a tiny amount of producers. So what are some of the experiences you've had that relates to this question. So it could be things like work-life balance, how your producing work impacts relationships or friendships, anything you can think of from a mental health perspective. So I think the main thing is time because especially at the level I'm at right now, I've had to do almost everything myself. I have one really, really good friend that helps me out a lot and he's my manager now and handles all the paperwork because I, <laughs> I'm i the type of person that I can't handle. No one that. likes admin, man. <laughs> no, true. But other than that, like social media, making the songs for myself, producing for others, mixing and mastering, publishing, all of that. Gosh, it takes a, a lot of time. Oh. And being a perfectionist myself, trying to like make deadlines, and then you're not really there you feel like but you just have to push it through that's a hard thing obviously i have to balance it with a part-time job as well so uh at the end of the day it's worth it because i got such a passion for music i would probably do it anyhow <laughs> if no one were listening i would do it anyway so yeah just an appreciation for it you're a producer in your own right do you have any plans to add a djing element to your artistry in the future uh, I haven't really thought about it that much because the other work is so time consuming that I haven't really developed that interest for it yet. But I got a couple good friends that are producers. No, I mean DJs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe. I maybe one day. No we'll manifest it on the pod, mate. We'll manifest yeah. it. <laughs> and what impact does producing or playing music or songwriting have on your mental health, mate? And which outlet do you think has the biggest impact? I would say it can go both ways because if I have a vision and I can't realize that vision or like make it happen with the production or what it may be, it's frustrating. But once you make it happen, that's the best feeling in the world. So I think it's like, Therapy and like uh, oh, like an emotional word? release for you. Cathartic, like an emotional release. Yeah, yes. but mostly it's good. <laughs> and I enjoy just creating. When I'm finished making a beat or writing a song or what it may be, I love listening to it and then thinking to myself like, five hours ago, this song didn't exist. And that's pretty crazy. That's an indescribable feeling, to be honest. Mm. For your discography, mate, I want to obviously highlight the reason we're speaking today, which is your aforementioned sophomore EP. So just tell me about this as a personal achievement. And did it feel like, as the title suggests, a fresh start for you? Absolutely. I feel like 
the first R&B release that I did was this year, and that's the path I want to go down. But earlier, it's been really like organic, really like guitar based, which it still is, but it's kind of more hip hoppy vibe now. So I just wanted to show people that I can do both. I can do both the slow jams and the up-tempo club bangers and I can do, yeah, whatever. So that's kind of the reason for it, I think. Let's reflect on your music journey so far, mate. So what do you think it's taught you about yourself? Oh, I think it's taught me to be more patient. Enjoy the journey and not the finished product. And just don't give up, just stay grinding. Yeah, you never know when it's going to happen. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. You just work and work and work. And then you see like, you get like little affirmations here and there. And uh, that's all the motivation you need to just give it your all. But the patience thing, I think, is the thing I've learned the most because my patient was low, <laughs> <laughs> almost non-existent. And that was the problem in the start as well because I would start a track and never finish it. And then I would have like 100 unfinished tracks. Yeah, that's not really productive. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about Frosty the producer. Let's go behind the decks and talk about your own mental health journey, mate. So firstly, I ask all my special guests this question on this topic first. Tell me back to early life in Norway, your childhood, teenagers, and were there any early mental health experiences you can think of? Who's the Philip we meet here? So uh, my childhood was amazing. I'm so appreciative to my parents for letting me bang those drums all day <laughs> and play music all day. Yeah, they never complain about it. I was like free to do whatever I want. Coming into my early teenage years, I was exposed to mental illness in my school by some of my friends. And uh, I've always been taught to care for people, mm -hmm. like try to help where I can. But very empathic person, I see. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Being a little too empathic, I ended up right. taking on their illness almost a little bit. Yes, yeah, sir. it's hard, mate. It's a hard balance to strike. Yeah, absolutely, especially in that age as well. So I ended up spiraling down a little bit, made some decisions I probably shouldn't have done. Reckless choices, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, from there, it went down to the point where I had to make a decision of what I wanted to do with my life because if, if I kept on doing that I could forget all about my dreams all about my goals in life and then I just ended up choosing my dreams and goals before we talk about the recovery mate when it comes to that spiral and those choices you were making what lay behind those decisions was it a guilt that you couldn't help your friends was it an escapism from the responsibility of having to look after them or something else I think it was just an escape, a way to have fun, at least for a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it worked for a little period. 
but in the end, short term just... fix maybe, but not long term. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's what I realized as well that uh, the short time pleasures can lead to a lifetime in yeah pain. Yeah, mm, mm. so that's probably the the main reason that I I got out of it. Also, I tried to be productive, which didn't really work that well. <laughs> but once I uh, really put my focus to it and my mindset to it, it really worked out. So I'm so happy with my choice today. Let's go deeper into that recovery and the positive, mate. So was it a gradual process to come out of that mindset? Was there a eureka moment or something which you thought, wow, I need to get out of it? Or was it a slow process to take yourself out of it and then hopefully set those goals and ambitions for the future? I would say maybe a little bit of both uh, mm-hmm. because I really quickly understood that I had to change my mindset and I made a deal with myself that I would have a positive outlook on life no matter what. So if anything bad happened, it would be for a reason and then I would just be telling myself, be patient, you're going to see the reason soon, you know? And almost 10 times out of 10, that was really the case. So I think with time, I understood that that was the right way to look on life. And then I, I, I just kept going from there. I can't say that I haven't made any bad decisions. <laughs> since. Uh, who, has, who hasn't, mate? Who hasn't? True, true. So, you know... It goes forward and a little backwards and then a little bit forwards again. But at the end of the day... That's life. Yeah, absolutely. Can't have the highs without the lows. And coming back to music, mate, how much of a factor was it in changing your perspective and setting those goals? Did you discover that music was a purpose or even the purpose for you? As we both know, men are really, really purpose-driven and we need that purpose and identity to succeed in life. Absolutely. So I think I've known that music was my purpose since I was a kid. And I've always wanted to do music full time. So I know it was like a calling for me that I've always had. I just got sidetracked for a moment. So it felt really good when I could really go in depth in it and go to school and learn more about it and just really thrive. So... I think it's always been my purpose and my my dreams and goals. So at the end of the day, it was a really easy choice to make. You spoke earlier about the importance of affirmations. So going more widely, is Frosty in and of itself an affirmation for you to stay on that path? Hmm. Good question. (laughs) I think so. I think it's a... It's like the first serious musical thing I've done and where I really risk it all to make this work. So uh, absolutely. It's like a, a little confidence boost almost. Yeah. And what would you say your outlook on life is now, mate? Always positive. Always positive. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like just... After I changed that mindset to just have that positive outlook on life, I feel like life is getting better and better after that. And you don't get upset by those small things anymore. 
you don't sweat the small stuff is an english saying yeah, yeah. true yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i guess uh I just stay positive and it will work out let's reflect on your mental health journey now mate so similar question as before what has this mental health journey taught you about yourself so far oh where to begin <laughs> <laughs> take your time <laughs> i think the best thing it's taught me is what i mentioned earlier just to stay positive and just be patient because i think life is in waves it goes up and it and it goes down and then if you're having one of those days you just gotta wait for the wave to come back up and just don't stress it just gotta keep working and then it's all gonna work out yeah that's pretty much it and then yeah don't take everything too seriously as well that's good advice especially in the music industry where a lot of people take things very seriously absolutely <laughs> just have fun and just do your own thing and just don't care about too much what other people thinks because mm. i think that's one thing that can burn you out really quickly as well if you're just constantly looking for other people's attention validation yeah yeah instead of just doing your own thing and just be happy with what you do and what you got that's a killer of creativity so just stay on your own path if you feel like this track is what you like and then other people says now you got to do this and that but you really like it that way just trust it just do it your own way because at the end of the day it's like eight billion people in the world the chance that you're the only one that likes it is pretty small. So yeah, just be true to yourself. And as a final question before we move on, if you could go back and talk to the younger version of yourself, maybe the Philip who was wondering whether to go to music production school in Oslo, the Philip who was about to release that debut EP under his new alias, or the Philip who was in that mode of life where he was feeling a bit lost, a bit directionless, making those reckless choices, what would you say to him knowing what you do now? I would just encourage him to do the same thing I've done so far because I feel like every situation in life has brought me to where I am today and I wouldn't be here without them. So I would rather have all those bad days or the, the spiraling I was talking about than just not have any difficulties at all because I, th I think that develops character and I think that's very important so I would just tell him to keep going <laughs> trust yourself our final topic of conversation Phil and it's one I try and have with all of my special guests if we have time it is a general quickfire chat about our mental health so firstly how is your mental health at the moment mate I would say it's pretty good I'm in a state now where I try to be spontaneous with my choices and uh, just float where life takes me love that and what age were you when you became self-aware of your mental health and you realized that the feelings you were having weren't physical and they were actually in your mind? I was pretty, pretty young, maybe like 12, 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And similar question as earlier in the pod, was it a eureka moment or was it a gradual process? 
Uh, I think it was, I can't remember, but it was a pretty zero to a hundred type of uh, Ah, oh, got you. Yeah. Okay. So a eureka moment. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And can you also remember, if you can, the first conversation you had with someone about your mental health? So if you can, who was it with? What did you say? And what impact did it have? Did it feel like, on the one hand, a really big moment and like a, a weight had been lifted? Or on the other, did it feel like something like really easy and normal to do? I don't remember when, but I'm really close with my grandmother. So uh, we have had plenty of deep talks over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's definitely weight being lifted off my shoulders. No doubt. Love that. Grandma's always the best, man. Absolutely. My next question is, mate, what things do you find in life that trigger your mental health? So it could be something people say to you. It could be a particular sound. It could be being in a particular environment that's very stressful. Or have you not figured all of them out yet? Hmm. Good question. I don't feel like I'm easily triggered. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can't really think of anything right now. Well, that's good. Maybe, no triggers is always good. <laughs> maybe when, when I'm about to go on stage, I'm getting really okay. stressed out. And then when the first song finish, I'm, I'm good. It's just mm -hmm. like a warm up to the whole situation. And then on the other hand, what positive tools do you use to improve your mental health or help you feel better? Which ones have worked for you and maybe which ones that you've tried but haven't? So it could be exercise, it could be meditation, music, anything else. Absolutely. So breathing techniques and uh, yeah, just that positive outlook on life as a like a standard way to, to look on it. Your foundation, yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what happens, if you just, okay, it was meant to happen, let's see what happens next. Instead of focusing on the bad, focus on the good. That is really important. My next question is, what has been the best book, or as I call it, mental health Bible you've read for your mental health? Now, it can be self-help related, doesn't exclusively have to be. And if you can't think of a book, don't worry, you can give me an album or a TV show, or any other piece of popular culture? Okay, so I'm not big on reading, to be honest. So, it got to be music. And then I think, I can't remember the album name, but it's by James Fortune. It's, okay. Yeah, he's a gospel artist. Amazing mm -hmm. artist. Yeah, definitely that one. Do you listen to much Gospel House? Not too much. Oh, you need to, man. Yeah? You need to. Yeah. Check that so out. listen to DJ Spen. So S-P-E-N yeah. and Charisma, K-A-R-I-Z-M-A. Those are like the two daddies in Gospel House. Okay, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm about yeah. to check that also, out. Also, Floor Plan, if you know who that is. No. No, so Floor Plan is an alias of a techno DJ. Uh, I'll send you all of it after this podcast. Yeah, he's another Gospel House-like daddy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you all afterwards, man. I probably know the answer to this next question, but I want you to say it anyway. If there was a mantra or a quote, or a saying in life that summed up your mental health, what would it be and why? Just stay positive, because it works. <laughs> love that. Short but good. I've got two questions left. The first one is, what do you love about yourself? Oh, wow. Uh, I love that I'm able to express how I feel through music. And what was the other question? That was it. Oh, okay. That was it. Any any other any other traits, any other traits or, or qualities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's staying in. 
Oh, yeah, dear. that's it. Okay, yeah. love that. I've got one final question, mate. This is a very broad one, so you can answer it any way you want. What more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds, all countries, feel comfortable and safe in opening up about their mental health issues or just their general mental health if, most importantly, they want to do it? Just give a space to talk and just don't be, like, judging. Just let him talk and just listen. <laughs> listen, yeah. that's the big thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on Behind the Decks and talking to me, mate. Likewise, man. I appreciate it. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of Behind the Decks. I want to say a big thank you to Philip, aka Frosty, for being my special guest on this episode and for letting me go Behind the Decks with him. My favourite Frosty track off that sophomore EP, Sneaky Link, will play us out. And I'll put all of Frosty's streaming and social media links in the show notes as always. Thank you to all the vendors who've tuned in. Remember, I'll sign us off by saying, if you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or work colleagues about the podcast and vent. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or you can support our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash venthelpuk. Or go to our link tree, that's linktr.ee slash venthelpuk to find out more about all the other ways you can financially support us here at Vent. Stay tuned for the next episode of Behind the Decks. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent. Oh, you are.
Stick it.